I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources. This is Taylor Morgan. I am here with Mara Carabello, and today we are filling in for Boyd Matheson. It takes takes two of us to fill in for Boyd Matheson. And hopefully we can then do it. So again, my name is Taylor Morgan. I'm a partner at a local uh, political consulting and lobbying shop called Morgan May Public Affairs. Mara Carabello is far more famous than I will ever be, but tell us more about yourself, Mara. Um, group called the Exoro Group, and we have been around for 20 years, and um, I was kind of excited to realize this is our 20th year. 20 Um, years. Yeah, we do public policy and some communications, and we are lucky to work some tremendous clients who are changing the world. I think we both feel pleased to work with folks who are trying to make change. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we're filling in today for Boyd. Um, He's a pro. We're going to wing it. Now, you should also know we're both on KSL at Night, a relatively new program for KSL. So seven to nine weeknights, um, we rotate hosts. Taylor and I are together each time, but you'll find uh, two or three, four other um, politicos, as we would call ourselves sometimes, uh, taking apart the news of the day. So it's nice that we're seeing each other in the daylight where they've led us to the ups. We're in the big room today. Yeah, we're in a real studio. Normally, <laughs> we just record uh, the KSL at night uh, up in a closet upstairs. That's, that's right. So this is wonderful to be down here uh, in the real studio. Uh, Mara, we are on KSL at night every Monday and Wednesday from right. 7 to 9 p.m. So be sure to tune in. Uh, and uh, KSL at night also has... Uh, other hosts that host other nights, yeah. right? But Send we'll us just, topic ideas. Taylor and I will talk please. about anything. That's right. That's, I think our reputation. We will talk about anything. Anything. That's right. We're going to start today's show, though, with a historic moment we're having actually on this actual day. This is the first time that the state of Utah has celebrated and acknowledged the official holiday of Juneteenth, which is um, commemorated as when the Emancipation Proclamation – almost two years after President Lincoln had signed it, reached Galveston, Texas, the last major um, slaveholding city, and it reached it, and the declaration was read out loud at that time. Um, And so unofficially, sort of colloquially, it would be when the entire United States of America had been formally put on notice that the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed and we had ended formal slavery in the United States. It's a really big deal. Now, we have not had, some states and cities have celebrated it for years. In fact, I'm from Denver. I was in Denver this past weekend, and um, they've had a Juneteenth celebration for about seven decades almost. Yeah, But informal. It was, you know, it was a community event and a smaller event. And so the federal government, Joe President Joe Biden, 
made it an official national holiday. So for those of you who work for the federal government, you're probably listening to us while you garden, I hope, or doing something fun. Hopefully something – well, gardening is fun. I don't want to Maybe more fun the, than that. The gardeners out there, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, have you – so the, the flag, right? The Juneteenth flag, I think, is really cool looking. Uh, if you haven't seen this – uh, actually, today you can see it flying above the city and county building in Salt Lake City. I've been trying to uh, text some of my contacts here, Mara, to confirm whether or not the, the flag is flying above the state capitol building. Uh, yet to be determined uh, if it is or not. Okay. Uh, we will find out for you, though, listeners, and we'll let you know uh, the answer to that. But So the flag, if you've seen the Juneteenth flag, you know what this looks like. It has a field at the top of a dark navy blue, and then the lower half of the flag is kind of an arcing it's an arc, a red arc, and in the center is a big white star surrounded uh, by a white kind of burst, a geometric design there. There is some really cool symbolism uh, involved in this flag, right? The star yes. represents the, the Lone Star State, Texas, and it all, also represents the end of slavery. Uh, the colors represent uh, America, red, white, and blue, and uh, the horizon there. Uh, represents uh, the future opportunities uh, for former slaves in the United States. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I mean, it's a really well done flag, and it, and flags evoke symbols, and symbols are some of the most powerful communication um, s- devices that we have. Another incredible thing in making change is to have an individual who is tenacious and won't give up. And so, for thirty three years, Betty Sawyer, who is the head of the Ogden chapter chapter of the NAACP. Um, has been lobbying and fighting and educating Utahns to make Juneteenth a state holiday. And so after 33 extraordinary years, um, Betty Sawyer made that happen last year when House Bill 238 was passed and um, Juneteenth became an official state holiday. So welcome, Betty Sawyer, to the show today. Good afternoon. Welcome. I'm glad to be with you today. Thanks so much for your work. This must be, I can't imagine uh, how you felt when it was passed. So how did it feel? I know you've been celebrating Juneteenth for a number of years, but how did it feel to officially be celebrating it as a state holiday today? I was thinking of different words. I said excited, joyful, and then it's like jubilant. Mm. And kind of tied into that first Juneteenth that they call Jubilee Day. But it's just a, a wonderful feeling to know that the work that we've done uh, with Representative Hollins and others along the years, Senator Jake and Drake, to be able to finally get to that place where Utah could be counted at the front of the pack instead of the back of the pack in getting an official Juneteenth Day passed. So you've been thinking about this, um, I, as we mentioned, for years. So as you look at this, what... As, as Utahns build a tradition, what have you dreamed of? Do you, what do you see as, is it celebrations in every city? Um, those of us who are excited about this, how can we make sure over time that this stays meaningful and inspiring? Um, what are your ideas to celebrate Juneteenth in Utah? I think uh, it's so important that all of us, the public sector, the private sector, us as individuals, we're, we're, we're excited and looking forward to our public schools being able to do their part in recognizing Juneteenth, as well as our higher educational institutions, both public and private. And a lot of this, because of just the calendar year, 
they don't have to wait until June 19th to celebrate. Good point. Uh, we started kicking off our event the first part of June. But like Black history, this part of our history, we can build up year-long doing different things to honor and, and celebrate Juneteenth and freedom and what that means to us all. And so that's what we're hoping. Uh, this past year, we've been able to add a couple of our higher ed institutions that are doing official Juneteenth celebrations. And we hope that that happens throughout the state. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Betty, can you tell us, uh, do you know how many states across the country have formally recognized Juneteenth? Juneteenth. Juneteenth. There's not a number in there, right? It's June 19th, but yeah. It's Juneteenth. June 19th, today, June 20th, observed. Uh, Utah is one of nine or ten states across the country that have formally recognized it as a state holiday in addition uh, to being a nationally recognized federal holiday. Is that How many other states are doing this? Utah is number 11. Ah, okay. So like I said, we're, we're glad that we are near the front of the pack because we were number 44 when <laughs> we did our day of observance back in 2016. We were the 44th state to do that. And so now we're number 11 in making it an official state holiday. Great. Well, uh, better to be toward the front of the pack, right, Mara? Oh, yeah, no. This is great. (laughs) How do you think Juneteenth can help bring us together? There's a unifying element here. Uh, It's also, you know, it's given me personally as a father an opportunity to talk to my kids about uh, slavery and, uh, you know, some of these historical things uh, in our country that are a little more complicated. But it's, I think, an important opportunity to have those conversations. Uh, what are you seeing in that regard? I think it's critically important for us to have what we call those courageous conversations, those critical conversations, because that's how we move forward. Uh, any change starts with acknowledgement. And a part of that acknowledgement is, is looking at our history, the good, bad, the indifferent, and making sure we're sharing an inclusive history because we don't want to be ignorant of the facts. And so a lot of us were educated in the same school systems that didn't have that inclusive history. So we spent a lot of time educating ourselves, but with Juneteenth now being a federal and a state holiday, I think it's important that our public institutions do their part in including this history in what they're sharing on a regular basis. When we did our uh, day of observance a few years ago, Utah Education Network reached out immediately and said, we want to put some education tools on our website to help educators and parents and students learn about Juneteenth. So they were one of the first groups to step up to the plate and help in this education process. And we know as we become more informed, then that impacts how we uh, respond and act and things that we do when it comes to policies, programming, things that help bring about, again, the change that we need to see in our state, in our cities, in our country. Well said. Um, Betty Sawyer is the head of the Ogden chapter of the NAACP. She's also the co-founder of Project Success Coalition, and she was also a major leader in making Utah, the 11th state to have Juneteenth as a state holiday. Thank you, Betty Sawyer, for your leadership and joining us today. Thank you for having us. And we're down at the Gallivan Center today as well with our Health and Wellness Expo. So have folks come down, get some free screenings and information because we know having good health is a part of that freedom 
that we need as well. Thank you. Great time to join you. Coming up, what's the importance of fathers in society? Sam Lyman from the Hatch Foundation will be here to talk through it with us. Stay tuned. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.